So it's 2019. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. The company was actually co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, Cardi B, Brandy, J.R. Smith, and more are already obsessed. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable and so easy to take anywhere. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great, they sound great too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. Raycon offers their wireless earbuds for everyone in a range of fun colors and at an unbeatable price. So go to buyraycon.com slash iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com slash iHeart. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Yes, Rashawn McDonald, and this is Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Money Making Conversation, broadcast live in Atlanta, Georgia. My guests this week on the show are 19-year-old young millennial gospel singer and worship leader, Kalante Gavin. I love this young man. She's an American Muslim, U.S. Olympic medalist in fencing, activist and entrepreneur, Iftiha Muhammad. She has a B.S. in chemistry, master in public health, and being the first African-American to receive a doctorate in social work from my school, University of Houston, Dr. Melanie Wilson Lawson. And he is co-starred in two movies that I executive produced. And they were blockbusters. Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man too. Romney Malco. Now he's on the phone. I've been waiting on this young man. Had him, had them hunt him down. My next guest became a social media viral sensation at 16 years old and in 19 now, which launched his career after he recorded and posted to YouTube a video of his performance of Reverend Paul Jones, I Won't Complain, which he performed in his high school cafeteria in 2014 on the last day of school. I don't know what he was complaining about, but he sung it. But it was the last day of school. The video amassed over one million views. He's a gospel singer, a worship leader. Who released his debate album, The Higher Experience, on April 27th of this year, which features the singles No Ordinary Worship and Higher. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation. 19 years old, full of vigor, Kalante Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, family? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, young man. First of all, oh, congratulations. Man. When I say congratulations oh, to you, um, yes, sir. You know, you, I, I always looked at listening to. Uh, I look at my life because I I I've led a very fortunate life, but I always know mm-hmm. that I wasn't quick to make decisions. I didn't really understand myself at nineteen. Yes, I didn't understand myself yes, at thirty. I'll be honest with you, forty. I was still mm-hmm. confused, and you figured it out to this point. And now, you know, as you grow older, you will change. You will be, you will do some things, yes, but sir. at this point, you knew this <laughs> right, is what right. you wanted to do. Correct. Mm, yes, sir. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it with the help of God, of course. But yes, sir. 
I knew it, man. You're on it. <laughs> and so how did you put those those steps into action? Oh my gosh. Well I grew up in a you know, a Christian home. Um, so my mom and my dad lived by, you know, um, me and my house will serve the Lord. And so I'm so grateful for my parents and my, my guidance and, and, you know, them being great leaders to teach me the ways and to know how to be in the will of God. It wasn't forced upon me. Like I've heard stories of other young people, mm-hmm. where you know, they have mm-hmm. no other choice. But with my parents, they gave me a choice because at the end of the day, they said, you, you are accountable for every decision that you make, whether it's good or bad, there are going to be consequences. So they gave me the word, gave us the word. And so whatever we did after the word was on us and not them. And so I'm so grateful to God that this is where I come from, man. So shout out to my parents, man. <laughs> so yes, sir. Definitely. <laughs> now parents, tell us man. about your parents. So what did your, what did your father do for a living? What did your mom do for a living? Because I'm I, I, oh I, I putting this a platform for yeah, yeah. Mr. Gavin. You know what I'm saying? 19-year-old gospel superstar. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, to God be the good. So my parents are, are retired military, man. Retired military. My mom did uh, 13 years in the army. My dad, uh, he was in the Marines, and so yeah, how that how that how they mix up, we don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> but we, we but yes, sir, they are amazing people. Retired military. Um, they're in ministry, and so we're all in ministry. So it's, it's just so grateful. They're not pastors, but we're just we serve in ministry. So I'm grateful to God for that. I'm, I'm one of uh, seven siblings, so God has blessed me um, with my siblings across the world. But uh, in house, we have four. And so, man, pray for me. We got some young ones. I'm trying to get them, you know, get them on the right and narrow. <laughs> I, re- I remember, I'm just telling everybody how I, how I found you. You know, uh, you became part of my brand, of my awareness. I was, uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, there's a radio station. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I get up early, 4.30, and I get in my car, and I drive to my office at 5.30 in the morning. I'm telling you, 5.30 in the morning, your boy be driving. And it's a hip-hop Ooh. station. But before they start playing hip-hop, they play gospel, and um, and then he was interviewing you, and what was yeah. and you were so profound, and I found out you were nineteen years old. I went, okay, who is this old dude stuck in his nineteen year old body? Huh? You, yeah, oh man, man, but it's, it's and you hear that a lot, like, don't you, Kalante? Don't you I hear that a lot? All the time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, I hear it all the time, everywhere I go. But you know, but some man, that's oh, not that's not a negative now, because I, like no, I said, not. that's not a negative. That's a because I'm I'm complimenting you because that's yes, a degree sir. of maturity. It goes back to your parents. Again, a yes, shout sir. out to Mr. Army and Mr. Marine. Okay, Miss Army yeah. and Mr. Marine, <laughs> I love it. because they love they it. you know I come from my you know, my father and my mom. Yes sir, no sir. You know that I did not. Right. And I would tell right. you, I, I I cuss now. I I do use bad words Bless now. Him. But when <laughs> it, it wasn't until nineteen that I said one. You know, one right. that I I and I made up for lost time now. But I didn't yeah, utter yeah, a yeah, word. Yeah. I used to play basketball on the court, and I would I would talk yes, correctly. I, why are you Why are you uh, hitting me so hard? Uh, that is uh, unnecessary. I, and the, the, they they would look at me and go, "What? Well, this dude don't curse. What's going on here?" Why, 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 why is he talking like this? Because they had put a yeah. discipline in me, just like your parents wow. had put a discipline yes, in you, a course of action yes, that you've chosen to follow, and you're willing to share that course of action in that's your right. music. So talk to that's us right, about your right. music, Mr. Gavin. Oh, my gosh. So I just released my debut album, The Higher Experience, in April. 
So shout out to my management team, Marquis Blue Enterprises, a label company uh, whom we're in partnership with, Ty Scott, amazing family, uh, amazing album. I believe anybody that gets it, you will not be disappointed. It's on all digital outlets. So tell your cousins and everybody to go grab Kelante Gavin's hot, new, fresh album, The Higher Exchange. Man, let me tell you something, like, guys are really blessing me, man, to travel across the country and just to articulate and share the heart of God with people. You know, you can't, the reason why I named it The Higher Experience is because, you know, everybody, you know, we, you know, we've been to high places, but I believe God wants to take us higher, whether mm-hmm. it's in your life, in your family, in your finances, in your relationships, your marriage, whatever it is, God wants to take us higher. But in going higher, you cannot forget about every low place you've been. You can't have a high without a low, and you soon enough can't have a top without a bottom. So I'm grateful for every pit place, every dark place, you know, that, that I've went through, my family went through, regardless, you know, of, 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 of where we come from or even where we're going. I learned that true maturity is not just about acknowledging your future, but it's learning to appreciate your past. And once you learn to appreciate what you've got, oh, man, God will put more in your hands. And so I'm just grateful for that, man. So that's what the higher experience is, man. So yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, you have two singles, No Ordinary Worship and then Higher. No Ordinary Worship, man. The single ordinary worship. Man, it's been busting, man. I actually had a video of me singing it on my porch. In the country of South Carolina, man, it went viral. I mean, like over maybe like 1.5 million views. And um, uh, Northern Day Worship is the new fresh singer. That's I got a little Prince feel to it. A little Prince, huh? A little was it Purple Rain Prince uh, uh, or when Dubs cry you Prince? You gotta see the video on YouTube because they had the purple lights and everything. Like it was just awesome. We did it uh, live in Atlanta, recorded live in Atlanta. So Northern Day Worship and Higher, my mom wrote Higher, man. My mom wrote that. You're busy. Yes. You're busy. Yes, sir. Now, now let's, let's have this honest conversation. Yes. You know, you have all these, yes. you know, because you have to walk a, a, a pretty straight line, you know, because of the fact that, like you just mentioned, you can't have double standards when you when you speak in the word. And so, mm-hmm. well, you know, you have rappers out there, you know, you out there, they can do what they want to do, and they can still praise God when they get that award, you know. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can, they can still out there, man, pass half, pants halfway, they booty tattoos on it, in between the eyeballs, you know, they they getting fired up and all that good stuff on a daily basis, but they still walk out there, praise the Lord. But you can't do that. That's it. That's it. You sure can't. Is that you a double standard that annoys you? Oh man, it's I wouldn't say it annoys me, but I I you know, sometimes I get disappointed, but then I, I realize that everybody that professes Jesus don't know Jesus. You know, every day I'm still getting to know who he is. Right. And just to see many that are older than me, it kind of disappoints me because it's like, man, I've, I've looked up to you or I've, I've gotten something from your ministry to where it impacted my life. But, you know, I can't see how others, you know, do whatever they want to do, you know, at the end of the day. But I'm learning that every day I get to know him for myself. Watch this after Sunday service. It's not just a tradition weekly for me. It's an everyday kind of love that, that I get to get to engage with the one whom, whom I'm in love with that saved my life. And I promise you that if it was not for Jesus, I wouldn't lean across the cafeteria table just to tell him thank you that took me across the world. So I'm grateful for that, man. And every day I make sure, man, when my foot touches the floor, man, I say thank you. 
may not have everything I want, but I got everything I need. So I want to encourage somebody that's listening. Don't look at what you're in. Don't look at what's going through. You are a winner. You will overcome. And most importantly, God has his hand on your life. And as long as he has his hand on your life, you ought to tell him thank you for everything that he's walked with you through and everything he's about to take you to. So, boss, I'm a living witness, man. That's thank you. Thank you a long way, man. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. You remind me of two people. These are good Uh-oh. people. You remind me of Kurt Franklin, who oh. I love to death, and you remind me of Nick Cannon, who I love oh. to death. These oh. are, you know, because yeah, Nick, at, 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 at your age, see, Nick got it. 16, he was on stage telling jokes. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And one of the top entrepreneurs in this country, okay? Yes. Same thing with Kurt Franklin. Because, see, I hear you, man. Because, see, see, you're one of these gifted people, man. You know, like Stephen A. Smith, who I love and admire him because he starts talking. And guess what? He talked for 15 minutes and, not, and never take a breath. And, every, wow. and don't stumble. And don't stumble. <laughs> what I would ask of you, and I don't know if you do this or not, because you've done some things on this show where you just have just started spitting out motivation, spitting out encouragement. I would love for you just just put that on video, just on your Instagram, like sixty second little just motivational moments. Because man, your your age group needs to hear from you in that manner too. Because see, one thing I'm gonna just tell you something, Kalante. A lot of people hear the word gospel. They ah, that ain't me. That ain't me. But what you're saying ain't got nothing to do with going to church. It's about saving your soul and motivating you to a path of success through the word of God. Correct? Yes, sir. So if you, if you, my friend, would just once a week, just grabs, just like you just spit out these terms in front of me, man. I just been sitting here quietly listening to you, quietly listening to you motivate me to success. Do that favor for me, man, and and start yes, turning people, adults, young people around to a vision that they that they want to ignore, but they can't walk away. Because I'm going to tell wow. you this, man, wow. God going to come talk to you, whether you want to or not. Wow. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. You are on it. That's confirmation, man. I, I was just thinking before I got on this interview, what am I going to do today? I said, I need to put up a clip of of what? Encouraging somebody, something. You're on it, man. So I thank you for that, man. Well, I'm going to tell you, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me on my show. I want to thank you for, you know, allowing me to promote your brand. Let people know that there's a young man out there, 16 years old, a cafeteria lady decided to to be act on herself and record you and create a career that changing (laughs) lives every day. Don't you change, Mr. Gavin. Don't you change. Yes, sir. And another thing, you keep winning, all right? You keep winning. We'll be right back with more. From Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. When I was an FBI agent, I was aware of home title fraud. There was little we could do to stop it. Now there's home title lock. This online bank was foreclosing on us. They even had documents that I signed for a home equity loan, only I didn't. What a nightmare. I didn't have home title lock then, but you bet I have it now. Your home's title is online where international thieves can find it. They'll forge your title, take out loans using your equity, or sell your home outright. Identity theft programs and insurance don't protect you. For just pennies a day, Home Title Lock protects my most valuable asset, my home. As a police officer, I've seen what home title fraud does to victims. So I registered for Home Title Lock, and when I did, I discovered some thief had already taken me off my home's title. Thank God I found out in time. 
Register now for a free analysis and discover if your home's title has been compromised. That's a $60 value free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald, and I've created national campaigns for State Farm, Ford, Coca-Cola, NBC, and many more. I'm the leading voice for entrepreneurship and entertainment. I've written and produced for Kevin Hart, Taraji P. Henson, Stephen A. Smith, and most notably, Steve Harvey. Rashawn McDonald is uniquely positioned to provide a step-by-step, easy-to-understand blueprint that drives listeners to realize their dreams and aspirations. Every Monday, you can hear me live on Money Making Conversation from 10 a.m. to noon on Biz 1180. Hi, welcome to Money Making Conversations. This is Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host of this fantabulous show. I say fantabulous, you know. I love people to come on my show with a lot of energy. I have a guest with a lot of energy. I read her book, and uh, each Money Making Conversation radio talk show is about entrepreneurship and uh, entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. They in turn deliver information about career planning, motivation, financial literacy, and how they lead a balanced life. My next guest is an Olympic champion, something I could never do. I'm a, I'm a watcher. I'm an Olympic champion watcher. Champions are born in many ways. Now, to become a U.S. Olympic champion, it takes many personal sacrifices and a journey. My next guest is a U.S. Olympic medalist. She is Muslim. And she is an activist, and she is an entrepreneur. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Ibtiha Muhammad. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? First of all, I love your energy. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. you. And I, in your book, you know, it was uh, it was always your search to uh, your book, uh, the book that just comes out July 24th, is uh, called Proud, and you have two versions mm-hmm. of that, correct? One for from one for eight to twelve, and then the adult version that I read. I'm saying the adult version, I, like. Like it's some scary version of adult, but you you decided to write two verses. Why is that? Well, it's always been important for me to hopefully inspire our youth in particular with my journey. And I thought, what better way to do that than to have a young reader's edition? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, growing up and having these moments where, you know, you, the behavior of your friends and the people around you can right. affect how you feel about yourself. And we all, you know, need that push sometimes, if not from the people around us. Maybe you can find inspiration maybe in my story or from an athlete or, you know, someone in, in your life. Well, the, the inspiration I found was that uh, you never gave up. Uh, uh, well, let's go back a little bit. I remember the, when you was running track and... Uh, and your father told you, if it gets too hot, it gets too, gets too much for you, just stop. And you stopped when you was running track and you ran over to your brother. Your brother said, why'd you stop? You were winning. And your mom looked at you. Mom just looked at you, gave you that mom look. And your mom, I love to death in this book. If you want to be inspired by anybody in this book, you got to read this book to read about her mom. She's amazing. That was, that was the turning point for you on, on, on decision making at that critical point, at critical point in your life, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's I, I, my dad who, um, you know, worked, you know, for most of my childhood, more than one job. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't at my track meet. Couldn't make this one track meet I had. And he says, you know, if you ever, it was really hot outside and work a job. <laughs> He's like, if it ever gets too hard or, you know, you feel like you can't breathe, it's okay to stop. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in that 
1600 or 800, whatever distance it was, I decided, I was, mm-hmm. yeah, I was too hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I decided to stop. But it's interesting how, you know, uh, we, we perceive uh, things, even as children, as being difficult. And that's definitely the turning point in my life because my mom, um, you know, she's, She's always told us, you know, first and foremost, don't waste your money. <laughs> right, 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 um, right. Yeah, my mom, she's, she's, she's a tough cookie, but I think that uh, instilling a strong work ethic in us um, is what my parents always try to do with me and my siblings. And that's something that I've definitely carried with me uh, onto the field of play as an athlete. Now, now let's talk. Let's talk about that story. I don't want to gloss over it because I think young people who read the book that that you read it as well as adults, you know that point that you feel that you need to give up, that you feel that you've reached your point of frustration, or you feel you maxed out. That's what you thought at that point when you was running the race, and then you was giving it out, and just because you were giving it out, realized that you don't always take it, you know, because you didn't really push yourself. Do you feel you pushed yourself to that point? When you decided to stop or you just heard your father's voice allowing you to just skip out on this moment, what was it? What was it? What was that moment? Because, you know, you because your mom gave you some advice that, you know, you have if you want something you have to work for. And you wrote that in your book. And so your brother, right. your brother looked at you like you. What you doing? You were winning. Why did you stop? <laughs> you were winning. So so yeah. it, was, it was a lot of things running your head, I think, from the very start of that race. It led you to make a decision that was a very abrupt and without even thought, thinking out the process, because a lot of people make those decisions in life, whether it's going to school or jobs or relationships, and instead they regret those decisions. Thank goodness your, your decision to stop running was one of, wasn't one of those life-changing decisions. You know, you can always just get on the track the next day, but a lot of people do. Walk us through those steps where you made that decision to walk away in that race. Well, again, I mean, I was really young. Uh, this is pretty early. I'm not even sure I was in middle school yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that that particular situation, mm-hmm. if you're young or old, we can all, like you said, you can learn from. Right. I've had moments like that throughout my career where I feel like maybe something is too difficult or this situation might be too hard. And of course, it may be easier to walk away as one of very few athletes of color on the United States fencing team and as the only Muslim woman Mm -hmm. in hijab on the United States Olympic team, Mm -hmm. there's no part of my story that's ever been easy. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, traveling this, this road that not other people who look like me have done before. So you do reach that kind of crossroad in your life where you say, okay, I haven't seen it done before. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure it's possible. Mm -hmm. I know that it's going to be hard and I could, it's much easier to say, okay, I'm not going to do it because it's too difficult or I'm not sure if it's possible. And my entire life has been a leap of faith. And I think that my faith in my journey being more having more purpose than just it being about me has led me to have this type of tenacity to keep pushing forward and to be proud of who I am and be proud of my skin and be proud of my hijab and and say that this is who I am and I don't really care if you if you like it or not I'm 
going to create a seat at the table, not just for me, but people who look like me. And that has been something that I've been very steadfast and determined to do from Mm -hmm. the time, you know, I really set foot on the fencing strip at 12 years old. Now, it's interesting you're saying that because of the fact that uh, you have a fashion line and uh, it's called Luella, right? Yep, Luella after my grandmother. Your grandmother. I went to the website and I went, wow, this looks very good looks very, uh, very fashion forward. And so what made you go into that line? Because, you know, this is just me. I'm going to just say this, you know, because reading your story, I I constantly, you constantly wanted to have fun. You constantly want to be a regular person, but your, but your lifestyle, people always wanted to treat you different when you walked in a room or or had snide remarks or bullied you, especially in your middle school and your high school years. And then you come out with a fashion line. And we're going to talk about the doll in a minute, but Let's talk about that and the importance of, of designing that and laying out a, a footprint of who you are and what people can do in, uh, in, this, in this lifestyle. Yeah, so as a sports ambassador for the U.S. State Department and also as a public figure within the Muslim community for a really long time, I've had, you know, events where I'm speaking in front of, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people and As a Muslim woman, I want to be modest in what I wear. Right. So I struggled to find fashionable, (laughs) modest options in the U.S. market, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I was ordering a lot of things from overseas. And I just kind of arrived at a point in my life where I'm like, you know what? There's a void. There's a need for this in the United States. Nobody's doing it well. And my siblings and I decided that we would do that. So we literally started our company in Los Angeles, a leap of faith and really out of necessity. Mm -hmm. It was time for there to be something that's made here in the United States for women who want to dress modestly, but also be fashionable. Being modest doesn't mean being dowdy or wearing dark colors. I mean, Muslim women, like anyone else, want to express ourselves through what our what we wear right and it just seemed very fitting for me and my siblings to start the company uh really quickly i went to uh rwanda last summer mm-hmm. um on like a service trip for uh, the state department and with a nonprofit. and it's really interesting to see a country that's experienced um such a traumatic event within the last 20, 25 years and how to cope with it. They talk about the genocide every day. Mm -hmm. They have have memorial museums and they have these different um, trips where they're constantly bringing people in. It's very new. There's a lot of tears that are still shed because, you know, like generations were lost. And you have people who committed, you know, the killing next to survivors having to live side by side. But I think what's really important What's really important to learn about Rwanda is that they talk about what happened. They educate their kids so that it doesn't happen again. And that's something that I think we're failing miserably as Americans because we don't talk about our history if it's bad or if it in any way, shape, or form includes black or brown bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we arrive um, at this moment in time where you have, you know, so much police brutality. You have families being separated at the borders because... You know, we we fail to educate ourselves on on our own history and what we've committed. Well, great. I want to tell everybody, please buy her book. It's called Proud. Please buy her doll and the Shiro line. Please buy her fashion line. She's a she's a marketing genius and she's a social activist and she's creating change when she walks out the door. Please. Thank you for calling my show. 
This is Money Making Conversation. Like I tell everybody, just keep winning, everybody. Keep listening, and you learn how to be successful. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. Let me tell you about the host, Rashawn McDonald. 80% of his 700,000-plus social media followers are female. Rashawn McDonald will use his business and celebrity relationships to empower small businesses with information to succeed. Corporate offices, L.A., not available in all states. You've done everything right. You've earned a good income, and you bought a long-term disability policy to protect your family. But now, when you can't do your job because of an injury or illness, your insurance won't pay. I'm attorney Robert Shapiro. Most people don't know that insurance companies deny valid disability claims every day, hoping you won't get an attorney to challenge their decision. At rightcounsel.com, it's easy to find a top insurance attorney to get your disability benefits. A revolutionary online platform learns about you and your case to find the attorney that's perfect for your needs. You can get an attorney recommendation in 10 minutes or less. And Right Counsel's service is free, so you have nothing to lose. If you were denied long-term disability benefits, go to rightcounsel.com and let us find the right attorney for your case. Rightcounsel.com. That's rightcounsel.com. My next guest, she's on the line. I'm happy to have her. I'm always happy to have all my guests, but my next guest has an eclectic background. I say eclectic. That's a word I've never used on the show, but I'm going to use it with her because she's eclectic. She was the first African-American to uh, receive a Ph.D. in social work from my alma, alma mater, University of Houston, Graduate School of Social Work in 2002. She earned a master's in public health from the University of Texas Health Science Center, School of Public Health, and a Bachelor of Science degree in chemistry from the historic third one, straight out of Third World, Texas, Texas Southern University, where she was the recipient recipient of a 2011 Distinguished Alumni Award. That's huge. That's huge right there. She's a social scientist and inner spirit life coach. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Dr. Melanie Wilson. Hello, hello, Rashawn. All right, was that enough? That, did you? I say enough about you? Did I say enough about Wait you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was like, who is that person? Who is that person? You are absolutely correct. It is pretty eclectic, and people often wonder how the journey brought me here to the things that I'm doing now that I'm passionate about and that I love, which is related to strengthening the inner core. And I tell you, um, I, I didn't realize that you were alumni to the University of Houston yes, as well. Mm-hmm. So we are cougars. Yes, ma'am. We are true cougars. You're a tiger and a cougar. A tiger and, <laughs> and a longhorn. And a longhorn. Long oh, you got all about that. You just leave. You look like you are, I watched the movie Avatar. That's you. You got all the beasts in the jungle out there. The big five. The big. The big five, as they say when you well, hunt. Look, I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Well, first of all, you know I'm glad to have you on the show, and I want to talk about that education. My, you know, I always talk about. See, I changed my major several times before I eventually got a degree in mathematics and my minor in sociology. And, you know, not saying that you changed your degree, but that's, I always like to see people who allow themselves to expand, allow themselves to say, not be pigeonholed. And I looked at your degree in social work, you know, public health, uh, mm-hmm. chemistry. That diversity really allows you to communicate at a lot of different levels and to be able to walk into a room and be very comfortable when you speak. That, that is correct. That is correct. And I tell you, I was really 
um, I was just that obedient child. And, you know, when my dad said I uh, need to go to Texas Southern and major in chemistry, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> I did that and I enjoyed that until I had an opportunity to work with the Department of Energy one summer for an internship, a mm-hmm. summer internship. And we were doing autoclave, uh, you know, it was called liquefaction research, and we were working with autoclave. And I was just in that process, and I was like saying to myself, I just can't imagine working in a lab like this, you know, for the rest of my life. Right. I want to have healthy babies. I'm not sure this is really a good fit for me. But I was <laughs> always that obedient child. I, I, I said, you know, I've come too far not to go on and finish and get the degree. So I went on and I got the degree, and I went into... Um, the master's program here in the health science center here in Houston at the University of Texas. And when I saw that they were having, initially in toxicology, when I saw they were having so much fun in, in family and community health, I was like, you know what, Rashawn, that's where I need to be. Because that just fit my personality. I've always been a compassionate and empathetic type of person. And so that's when I started navigating myself towards in a direction that I was really comfortable with. And so from there, um, I just kind of blossomed and, and had the opportunity to go on and, and get my doctorate in social work, which was, which was phenomenal and fun. And, and now I am just doing what I've chosen to do. And I, and I just I think it's a great, incredible journey. And I would encourage people, you know what, no matter what you're doing, if it's not what you really want to do, you can always navigate yourself and move towards the direction that most makes you happy. Let me ask you this, Doc, Doctor. Um, uh-huh. Don't give you credit now. Don't be slanging out. There's a lot of docs out there that aren't doctors, you know, so I'm just going to say the whole word, uh-huh. Doctor. How do how does one navigate that? How does one make a decision to, to, to create change in their life, especially when they just sit around based on fear? Because that's why people don't make change. They're afraid. How does one navigate that change? Well, you know, the first thing they have to do in that process and I often refer to it as understanding the journey that we're actually on. And that's how the inner spirit part comes into play with um, what I do and, and what I focus on and help, you know, guide people into that direction in terms of navigation. Mm-hmm. And I think if people understand that they have the power actually to choose the mission that they want to have in this life, then the first step is to first identify and understand that you have that power. Right. I think a lot of times people feel powerless in this process. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of break it down, and I always say you kind of have to deconstruct to reconstruct your life. And when you know within self that, you know, you are just not content with what the outcome is and, and, and the direction that things are going, that's the first step is to identify that. You know that within self. And then you have to figure out what it is you want to do. You know, what is the mission that you want to be on? And develop an action plan to achieve that, to, to, to get on the right track, to, to live the life of your dreams and to do the things that you want. Michelle, let me give you an example okay. of what it is that I do so, so listeners can understand how this process works. And this is a good analogy. Let's say you're drinking a cup of coffee, and somebody bumps into you, mm-hmm. and you spill the coffee. Okay, you spill the coffee. You know why you spill the coffee? Because coffee is what was in the cup. If tea was in the cup, you would have spilled the tea. And so the analogy that I'm making is, is what's in 
outside of you, when you get bumped in life, when you are unsure in life, when things are happening to you, what's inside of you is what comes up. And so as an inner spirit life coach, and when I focus on the boost of the spirit, when I focus on strengthening that inside of a person, that's how they get out of that fear and they're able to make the tangible steps to do what you're talking about. Because what comes, what's inside of you is what comes out. So if fear is inside of you, that comes out. If anger is inside of you, when life bumps you, when things happen, that's what comes out. If rage, if, if jealousy, if resentment. But if I can get people to strengthen the other things that should be inside of their core, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and most important, self-control, then they have the ability to do what you're saying, to turn it around. And that's, and that's kind of what I focus on. You cannot protect anybody to the point that they can't experience life. You got to allow them to experience life. But while they're experiencing life, is that's, that's the part that, you know, I, I really am enjoying this conversation because, uh, you know, guess what? You're, you're a social scientist and you're an inner spirit life coach, which I think is really important to hear on this show because people want to make change. That's why I love the fact that that, that millennial generation decided to say, you know, something, I don't want to work for anybody. I want to work for me. And they, and they get mm-hmm. ridiculed because of that. I, I was listening to a show driving in this morning. They were ridiculing, um, you know, m- millennials because they don't save. I was trying to figure out, okay, when I was 28, what was I saving? When I was 34, what was I saving? I'm trying to figure out, when, is, when, when, did, the rules, when did the rules that that, eight, that, that that 18 to 34 age group in each each generation was saving money? They were just, they were mm-hmm. that thought worthy to say, you know something, I'm going to save for my future. You know something? When you're that age, there is no future. The future is now. Where can I get my car? Where can I get my house? Where can I get me some new shoes? And so when I hear people criticize millennials, I'm going like, okay, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? At 29 years old, who do you know was saving money? Who was thinking about the, the stock market at 29 years of age on a regular job? You know, if your, if your company was, like I worked at IBM, and they, they had that little uh, sharing program, you, you pay a dollar, they pay a dollar, you know? And that, that uh-huh. helped me out. That got me into that, into the, the stock game. But, again, that was my company had that program at that time. And I'm not saying that program right. exists today because people hold you accountable. Everything you say in public. Well, Sean said this. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that was way back then. Way back then when I was working. Now, they might not do that right now. So don't hold me accountable. Uh-huh. But I'm just letting you know is that when I look at people criticize, there's so many people want to criticize people when they want to be themselves, when they want to make decisions for themselves that benefit them that they get criticized for that and I just feel that that generation is, is being being pressurized especially with social media you you, you, you post a picture you like you don't That's like correct. share it you know mm-hmm. I, I, I did I, I posted one of my videos and somebody told me you know I look gay I went huh I don't know how do you look gay <laughs> I was on my interview. She said, I look gay. And then another person, you, you, your beard too dark. Your beard too dark. Okay, what the heck is this? What? The, these are the criticisms that you get in social media. And so you have to deal with these issues about, okay, if you if you take that personal, then you could be walking down the street trying to walk a certain way. Well, people talking about I walk gay. I don't know what that means. You know, you know what? my beard too dark. I got I got to change that look. You know, but people can get into your head right. with these mm-hmm. with these negative statements, and they can change your your objectives, your plans. And so, it's good to correct. listen to young people when they when they mm-hmm. unsure. Just calm them down. Say, 
What's your What's your problem? Don't 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 ignore that. Ignore that. Ignorant people are talking. The ignorant people. You know. Oh. The other thing, Rashawn. You know, the other thing they'll do, Rashawn, is they will tend to suppress or ignore who they really are to wear this mask for society, for their parents, for their spouse, for 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 all these other things. They wear this mask, and they really suppress who they really are because of judgment, because of what they fear other people may think or say about them. And so what you have is a society of people who can't be real. Mm. They can't be real. There you go. Being real is, is not accepted. And so that's why people find themselves in the situations that they're in because they're not authentic. They're not living an authentic life. And that's why we do what we do. You know, we focus on peeling back those layers. We allow people to understand that you can live an authentic life and be proud of it. Many people are wearing a mask. And I'm going to tell you something else, Sean. It doesn't matter what their socioeconomic status is. It doesn't matter if they have JD or MD behind their name. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. All types of people are walking around here with a mask on. With the mask on. I'm going to tell you something, Dr. Take Lawson. Take off the mask. I've taken that mask off. I would tell people, uh, remove the stop sign. I say, you're, you're, take off, <laughs> remove the stop sign. Because people are holding up stop signs in front of their face, stopping them from success, stopping them from an opportunity to, to move forward. First of all, I want to say thank you for coming on my show. Secondly, oh, I, 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 secondly, you know, because, you know, when you get start being successful, I like to believe I'm successful. You start having regulars. I like to see if I can have you as a regular on my show. Absolutely, absolutely. We're trying to build a bigger platform, you know, and, and take this to another level so, pe- so we can share people's stories so everyone can hear them and realize they are not alone in facing many of life's challenges and that they can overcome whatever they're going through, no matter how dark it is, Rashawn. And you know something? You keep it winning. And I'm coming to Houston and I want you on my show. I'm coming. I'm just dropping that bomb right now. Rashawn's coming. Everybody keep winning. Thank you, Dr. Lawson. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial. When I was an FBI agent, I was aware of home title fraud. There was little we could do to stop it. Now there's home title lock. This online bank was foreclosing on us. They even had documents that I signed for a home equity loan, only I didn't. What a nightmare. I didn't have home title lock then, but you bet I have it now. Your home's title is online where international thieves can find it. They'll forge your title, take out loans using your equity, or sell your home outright. Identity theft programs and insurance don't protect you. For just pennies a day, Home Title Lock protects my most valuable asset, my home. As a police officer, I've seen what home title fraud does to victims. So I registered for Home Title Lock, and when I did, I discovered some thief had already taken me off my home's title. Thank God I found out in time. Register now for a free analysis and discover if your home's title has been compromised. That's a $60 value free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Money-Making Conversations continues online at www.MoneyMakingConversations.com. And follow Money-Making Conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time you stop thinking about your dreams and put some plans into action. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. My guest is on the line. I saw this young man since Las Vegas. I believe Las Vegas the last time I physically saw him. 
You know, we said we're going to talk. Four years later, we talking. <laughs> My next is an incredibly talented film and television actor whose credits span comedies and dramas such as The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Think Like a Man, Think Like a Man 2. That's where we became friends. Almost Christmas, Top 5. That was a very, very good movie with Chris Rock. Las Vegas, saw him in there with uh, Morgan Freeman doing his thing. Showtime's Weeds. That's when I became a fan, Weeds. I love, I, I said, who is this talented dude? I used to watch Weeds on a regular basis. CBS is a good wife and many more. He's appearing next in the movie Night School with Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. That'll be out in September. Uh, in fact, September 28th. And he's shooting a new ABC series, A Million Little Things. He's been nom- nominated for NAACP Image Awards, MTV Movie Awards, and Screen Actor Guild Awards. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Romney Malcolm. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you. Thank you. But you write four years ago, <laughs> we said, <laughs> we were going to, and you know what? I never forgot, Rugged. I never forgot. I, hey, I was actually, I was like, this, this brother want to talk to me? <laughs> hey, man, you know, so, you know, so, Robin, uh, first of all, man, congratulations on your success. Let's, let's get that out Thank of the you. way first because of the fact that, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting era that we have with uh, African-American talent on, on talent. Yeah. I know, I uh, know you're Trinidadian. You know, let's, let's yeah. put that out there. Let's put that out there correctly. <laughs> and um, and so so we're working. We're working. We're working not just on reality shows. You know, there was a period yeah. where reality yeah. shows dominated African American presence on television. So, what, what do you think is happening out there? Just just fill us in a little bit of detail about about what's going on in your world. And we're gonna go to uh, some funny things that you're doing. I saw that I saw that prison logic, man. We gotta talk about that. But we're gonna talk oh about my. this. All right, man. Um, that's the well. Right off the bat, uh, I want to start by saying thank you. Really, seriously, thank you. I really appreciate you having me on here, my brother. Mm-hmm. Following up on your word, I appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to congratulate you on all of your success as well. Thank you. Um, I yeah, I remember when we first met. Like I, I think it was might have been on a, on the Steve Harvey show, and I was right. like, man, mm-hmm. I did I dig that brother, man. You were solid dude, man. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, to be here talking to you was a privilege. To answer your question, my dude, I think that something. I think that uh. Part of the major shift is, uh, I believe, like, a report came out, um, you know, maybe, like, uh, four years ago, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, which basically showed that African-American dollars responded, like, African-Americans as a whole responded, not as a whole, but just the, the, the general audience of African, you know, TV audience, African-Americans responded to advertising. And I think that that kind of set off an alarm uh, um, and there were shows that were kind of pioneering the way for that. Shows like Kevin Hart's um, uh, Real Husbands uh, Hollywood. Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't remember some of the other shows, but because it right took my tongue is a little early from well, you know, the West Coast. We can go put it out there. You know, Anthony Anderson's show. You know that yep. that blackish. You know, and I and I remember I yeah, talked. To, I, I remember before it came out, Anthony Anderson called me and I said, Anthony, that title man is crazy. And I brought him on the yeah. show. I still supported it. Brought him on Steve's show. Helped launch it. Launch the show. Had him set in for Steve. Him and uh, Tracy Ellis Ross set in and four hour show to promote. Because I always know you got to put the brand out there. That's been the main thing about my theme has been you got to. If people don't know you, they can't find you. If they can't find you, you they can't gotta, support you, you. Yeah, you got to give them a choice, and that you know, and that's the thing, you know. And we, look, I know people in your audience are screaming right now. Don't forget Scandal. Don't forget Viola Davis' show. You know, <laughs> don't get, and they're right. You know, but, but a lot of these shows came along 
And, you know, um, and it, a lot of it incentivized these networks to be, begin, you know, uh, having more diversity. Right. Because they, they saw that actually the black audience turned out to support, you know, our black content. And, you know, also, like, I, I, you know, I grew up in an era where, you know, we watched Dynasty and the Dukes of Hazards and all these other <laughs> shows. Because, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? That's what there was. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I like Jeffersons, and my, my favorites was always the Jeffersons and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and um, Good Times. But the reality of it was is that we just didn't have as much representation. Now that there is much representation, people choose it. You know what I'm saying? And people like to see something that reflects their likeness. They relate to it more so quite often. The content is speaking about things that they can relate to. And we respond to marketing dollars. And so, you know, when we see an advertisement, we're actually influenced by it. And that makes a huge difference to the people that are marketing, you know, especially, especially now that people can go anywhere and watch television, you know, and, and I read this book and it was breaking down how like 50% of the people who even shop at Walmart don't even own like external hardware for for their televisions, meaning they don't have cable. They don't have any kind of box. They're still watching regular network television. Mm. That plays a role in it as well. But anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I'm just going on. Oh, no, 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 no. Michael, that's what this show is about. That's why it's called Money Making Conversation. That's why Rashawn McDonald's hosted it, because I can bring talent like you. We're going to talk about your TV. We're going to talk about your your mindset, because people need to understand that there's a 360 platform for a guy like you to be successful as much as you are. You you understand the business. You understand why you're not working, why you're being chosen for roles, and how you consistently can be there. And a lot of people don't understand it. They really just think that just show up and you just audition for a role if you want longevity you have to understand what you're walking into and you're you saying really, it. You, you're saying it yeah you really do and you know the thing uh you know that, that i think that we under i think that the thing that we underestimate in the process of doing all of this is that i've seen a lot of people come before me and um i've seen them piss off just as many you know big name people as i've supposedly pissed off and you know because of the fact that they didn't want to do a job, or, you know, chose to honor their integrity before honoring, you know, their pockets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not a language that spoke very common in, 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 uh, in the Hollywood. And so people with egos really take it personally when you turn down their projects. But what I have found is that, <laughs> yeah. kind of like, you know, I found it led to uh, somewhat self-preservation in the sense that, you know, I'm, I never thought this. I, I always used to wonder, should I get a bigger agent? Should I have a bigger manager? Should I do this? Should I do that? But mm-hmm. when it really boils down to it, your best representation is your body of work in this business. That's mm-hmm. your best representation. Mm-hmm. It will go out and speak on behalf of you on every single platform. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you something about my, Like, seriously, when I introduced you at the beginning, Weeds, which is on Showtime. Yes, sir. Um, that's when I first became a fan of yours, you know, and, and it's because you took a character, you know, and, uh, in that world, you know, usually it's rough, but you played it like a, it was, it was funny, dangerous. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. And, yes, and, and, and so when you, when you can take a role and then you can shape it. And I think that's what you do. So well. I feel that's what you do so well with all your roles, you know, whether you playing a butler or you playing some suave dude, or you playing a player or you playing a, a doctor or whatever, all these roles, you just shape it. How do you come up? How do you make a decision on where you're going to take these characters when you, when you're auditioning? Um, you know, that's the thing is like what I'll do like I was doing it yesterday I was preparing for my show I just basically take those words 
I take the scenario. I don't want to know who you expect me to play. I want to read it. Just read it like a book. And and then by nature, I just develop an opinion about every person in the movie. And then I say, who, who am I supposed to be playing? And mm-hmm. they go, oh, that dude. Oh, that dude. He's the so-and-so. Because I already have a genuine opinion. I'm not thinking about it of like, thinking about it from the perspective of, oh, how should I play this? No, I'm really just reading these characters and enjoying them real people. I try to figure out how can I relate this to real life and include my value system in it to some degree or another. It's like once you know you can hunt your own food, the game changes. Now, okay, now, you know what that means now, Romani. Okay, Rashawn yeah, McDonough is promoting you <laughs> right now. Before 2019. Right. So I got to be there for the 2019. As well as come back on this show, yeah. promote it. Because this is a movie, I'm just letting everybody know that uh, it's outstanding. Uh, the cast, if anybody don't know Regina Hall, one of the most incredible comedic actresses in the game today. Hands uh, down. Hands down. Hands down. Hands down. Just brilliant. Brilliant. And the fact that you're doing this. and But I, I wanted a lot of independent people to hear this, to let them know that you know, there's no walk of shame and getting your movie done. There's no walk of shame in how you get it distributed. The thing is, is that it's your dream, but make sure you, yeah. you know, you know, tie everything up. You know, make sure that you have the releases signed off. Don't just have people talk about yeah. how I show up. And then all of a sudden you get yeah. an opportunity to get it sold, and you run around trying to find releases to sign off on. Be professional yeah. from day one, from upstart. And that's really important, and that's what you did with this movie. But before we go, I Thank wanted you. to bring up something about this, this uh, social network that you have called Life Management Tribe. What exactly wow, is that? Oh, you know stuff. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right. Okay. So, look, man, when it really boils down to it, I spent a lot of time. I used to spend a lot. I used to be a White House consultant. For social mm-hmm. media. Like, literally, the White House had me come in. They fly me mm-hmm. in and ask me, yo, you know, how, how can we get better engagement, that kind of thing? And I would go through my strategies with them. But, you know, I've spent a lot of time on social, social media. And when I really stopped and asked myself what was going on, I was like, you know, I, really, I didn't really gain nothing. I didn't add any value. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I would love to be a part of a social network that actually added value, that I could look to, that maybe it inspired me, maybe gave me insight on how to have better health. Mm-hmm. It just keep me in a community of positive people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with everything going on in politics right now, people just feel like they can just be as disrespectful and as emotional and inc- emotionally inconsiderate as they want to be on social networks. You know, you could build up a huge audience and track a huge audience to Facebook platform. And then out of nowhere, they change an algorithm and you no longer have access to, to that audience. You got to pay them for the audience you attracted to their platform. That just all sounds backwards to me. And I've never been a dude that's been comfortable with the status quo. So I was like, look, let me just create my own network and I'm just going to do an experiment. It's just an experiment. And I want to see if I invest as much time as I did in other platforms, in my own platform, what would the results be? So that's what I've been doing. And lifemanagementtribe.com is just basically that. It's just a, a positive platform for people, you know. And I also I launch a, a podcast through it, so I talk about things that are important to me. So right now I'm going over Anthony uh, Williams' book, A Medical Medium. Mm-hmm which has some really interesting philosophies. But ultimately, man, just a place that adds value. You go to it, and you feel like you got some information, you got some encouragement, people hold you accountable. We have challenges on there, fitness challenges. We just did a cleanse, a chlorella cleanse challenge where we did chlorella for four days and mm-hmm. nothing else. Wow. Like a detox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know what? It's real stuff. And, and, you know, for me, that's just 
that's that's the life I live, and that's what I want to be involved in. As a result of that, I don't really engage as much on the more you know uh, popular platforms because right. I'm usually involved in my own platform. But but the reward is much greater, my brother. And you know, and I've learned it ain't about reaching it ain't about reaching 400 million people. It's about reaching the people that want to reach you. And also, it's like adding value to the people who add value to you. It's Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we're going to yes, talk sir. soon. And I'm also going to promote this. Send me a banner so I can promote this on my website and also on my okay. uh, social media. I will promote my social media to drive traffic to you, okay? Rashawn, I got one beef to pick with you, and then I'm done. Can I pick that beef with you? Yes, sir. If I ever, ever, ever pronounce your name incorrectly, you stop me on the spot and you correct me. Please, can you do that? Corporate offices LA, not available in all states. You've done everything right. You've earned a good income and you bought a long-term disability policy to protect your family. But now, when you can't do your job because of an injury or illness, your insurance won't pay. I'm attorney Robert Shapiro. Most people don't know that insurance companies deny valid disability claims every day, hoping you won't get an attorney to challenge their decision. At rightcounsel.com, it's easy to find a top insurance attorney to get your disability benefits. A revolutionary online platform learns about you and your case to find the attorney that's perfect for your needs. You can get an attorney recommendation in 10 minutes or less. And Right Counsel's service is free, so you have nothing to lose. If you were denied long-term disability benefits, go to rightcounsel.com and let us find the right attorney for your case. RightCounsel.com. That's RightCounsel.com. You need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. Raycon earbuds start off at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound just as amazing. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems. And of course, they don't just look great. They sound great, too. And they're perfect for listening to all your favorite iHeartRadio podcasts on the go. So go to buyraycon.com iHeart to get 20% off your order. That's buyraycon.com iHeart for 20% off Raycon wireless earbuds. If you've been eyeing a pair, now is the time to get an amazing deal. One more time, buyraycon.com/iheart.